You got a problem, you don't know what to do. Your dreams are strange, and you're seeing things too. The world is full of mystery. Life's more than you can see. You can ask pomegranate. You can ask pomegranate. She's a priestess. Hello. Welcome to the podcast. This is podcast number 30 of Ask Pomegranate. And I love doing this podcast because I love talking about magic, theories of magic and theories of mystery. And and I like to think about them. And I like to, when I get a question I don't know the answer to, I go consult with other people who like to talk about it. And I get information from them. And this thing is a fun, uh, somewhat expensive hobby for me. So the way that this this gets made is I spend money on, on all kinds of things. So I can microphones and webcasts and websites. And so I can make this podcast. I do it for myself as a hobby. It would, would be wonderful to be funded. But I'm not. And that's why they're sporadic. And that's why you get them occasionally. You know, there'll there'll be an opportunity for you to uh, offer some funds for it if you like later on in the podcast. But I just wanted you to know that's why it comes out when it comes out. It comes out when I have time to spend on one of my many different hobbies, which this is one. But nonetheless, I am thoroughly delighted to be able to bring it to you. I'm also thoroughly delighted to have so many listeners from around the world listening. And I just thank you so much for tuning in and giving me this opportunity to talk. I love to talk and to think about mystery, especially right now, because as I record this, I am talking to you from 2020, July, I'm living in the US of A. And that is a very interesting place to be living right now because they, this place is just like not getting the memo about how to handle a pandemic. So we are still very, very high in the death rate. And those of you who are priests or priestesses of the dead are, we're all working hard at helping all the souls cross over because quite a few people are shocked by it. Shocked by their death. It's really taking the, taking people who didn't know they were about to die, taking them across. So where are we? What are we doing? And what do I want to talk about today? What I want to talk about is I'm making these COVID virus, the Corona, the crown virus series. So podcast 27, 28, 29, 30 are building one upon another. They're being given to me by my spirit guides about how to think about this, you know, this uh, pandemic, this particular pandemic, because, you know, I mean, as shocked as we are by it, you know, I've lived through, I've lived through, through AIDS and I've, and I, my uh, grandparents lived through the one from a hundred years ago where 50 million people died. So this is a thing that happens with a global world of this kind of level of travel. We get illnesses and we pass them around. 
and they usually do have a magical a magical power to them. So I'm building on the podcast. So now today I want to talk about, you know, we know that we are dismantling the old culture. We are becoming uh, conscious of each other in a way we have never been conscious of before. And we're working together. I think it's really amazing to me that after we got grounded, America's still grounded, we needed to be grounded. You know, we're like the teenagers who needed to be grounded not once, not twice, three or four times. And we'll be grounded for a while. So we're still in the unmaking. But as we're in the unmaking, we're also invoking. And what do we, what we want to you know, unmake at this point, the world has said, I'm not saying, although I agree with it, is we want to unmake systems of oppression and the predominant system of oppression that we're grappling with right now is racism. Uh, I think we'll get back to misogyny again and homophobia and all of the other ones. But right now we're working with that Black, Black Lives Matter, which is an invocation of the future. It's, you know, I love it because it's like it's not uh, end racism. Magically speaking, when you say end racism, end racism, end racism, you're actually accidentally invoking racism because you're saying the word racism over and over again. Black Lives Matter is beautiful because it's saying Black Lives Matter. That's an invocation of honoring. And let's face it, I don't know what's, whether your skin is reflective of light or absorbent of light. Actually, that's what we're talking about, people. But you are, your ancestors are people of color. Your ancestors are black. All of our ancestors are black. So this idea that we can oppress and control black people is an idea of hating ourselves. It's a, a form of severe self-hatred and of losing our way from our ancestors. But Black Lives Matter is a beautiful invocation because it's saying what it means. It go, it's going as it's, it means to live. It lives as it means to go, which is a, a motto of mine. I, I want to go as I mean to live. I want to live as I mean to go. So the way that I handle the way I'm changing the world is the way that I will live the, in the world. And Black Lives Matter is saying Black Lives Matter. And it literally invokes the truth that you or your ancestors matter, that the living black bodies of the earth matter, and that we can, we can invoke a culture in, amongst the humans to live in a world free of oppression and where all beings of the earth are living free because black lives matter my ancestors matter the black bodies of the earth matter the black mothers of the earth matter and i just think that is such a beautiful invocation that worldwide we all we stood up in the streets of all the cities and said that together as our first act our first global act our first public global act. It's beautiful. And that brings me to the topic today, which is manifestation. Now, I want to tell you, <laughs> this is, this is my, the, the hardest I've ever worked on a, on a, the beginning of a podcast. 
because I don't usually do more than one recording. Sometimes I'll do two, but this is my third recording on this topic because when you talk about manifestation or the concept of manifestation as a magical act to Western minds, and and I'm mostly speaking to Western minds, although I have one, one or two people in Singapore listening. Yay! <laughs> That's crazy, but fun. Don't you love the internet? When you talk about manifestation to a Western mind, you will get off kilter immediately. You'll go down several difficult cul-de-sacs or, um, you know, in AA, they have a saying about you walk down the street, I fell in a hole, I couldn't get out of the hole, I cried and wept, wept. After a long time, I eventually got out of the hole. We'll, we'll fall in one of those holes when we come to manifestation. That's a long story. I'm not going to finish that story, but it's a good one about the hole. Maybe I'll finish it at the end. Anyway, here's what I'm saying. When we talk about manifestation to a westernized mind, we get down a hole that we have a hard time getting out of. And there's more than one of them. And I yet, yet, I do not want to let go of that power. I do not want to let you let go of that power because it's a really important power to acknowledge and to work. And if you make mistakes along the way, you can learn from them. And you, you know, I, like I said, we will make mistakes along the way. So I want to talk a little bit about what my spirit guides are telling me about it because they want us to focus on it. They want me to get this right. I'm going to try again. Hopefully I'm not going to have to do a fourth one. If you heard that, I didn't have to do a fourth one. So manifestation, what is it? What are the mistakes? How do we do it? How, we, how do we do it so it's... What are the best practices? I like that terminology. What are the best practices for manifestation? So manifestation is basically, you know, when you get wake up in the morning, you're manifesting the world. You're coming from where you've been, wherever you've been, I like to think of it as like going into dream consult land with my spirit guides. I like go, goodbye. And then I'm going to go visit my spirit guides <laughs> and have a little consult about the journey I'm on and see what we can do about it today. And then I arrive back my body and my spirit guides say, when you wake up in the morning, you are manifesting anew each day. So we come to the earth, we get born, we are born, we are born and we, and in that moment we become manifest into a system of reality that is consensual. So in other words, all the beings of the earth, all the beings that have manifest, and when they say all the beings, they're talking about the trees, the rocks, the telephone poles, you know, <laughs> My little statue that's sitting in front of me, me, and all of the little ants, everybody, and every day manifests. That we get born, we are manifesting. And that being alive, stay, taking a breath, having sight, feeling the sensation on my skin of the air, all of that is literally the act of manifestation. So in other words, manifesting is like breathing. You're always doing it. 
because that's the point of the planet. And we came to this level of reality, uh, which they explained to me is a very, very dense, slow moving, um, powerful, heavy place to be. This is a powerful, heavy, slow moving place to be. And as we are here, we're manifesting the experience of being here. And we're doing that consensually. And so that's great. Yay, we manifested and everybody rejoices, right? Because uh, when all the beings who are not manifest that we consult with on the other side, they're all like, you're awesome, you manifested, I can't believe it. That's hard. Yeah, it is hard, right? Everybody, hands up who agrees, this is hard. So that's so cool. But not only are we manifesting as we're born, we're actually manifesting anew each day. This is what they say to me. We're manifesting anew each day. So when you wake up in the morning, you're starting a brand new story. And they tell me every single thing that happened before is irrelevant. And then I look at them straight. <laughs> I look at them strangely when they say that to me and one eyebrow goes up because I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, no, because like everything happened before is really super meaningful to me and I'm carrying it with me everywhere I go. And they're like, yeah, you are carrying it with you, but that's your choice. Someone who has amnesia doesn't carry it with them. That's you're just carrying it with you because you remember it. But you have to understand the power of manifestation comes from recognizing that everything that happened before is irrelevant. It might be informative. You might want to pull it forward. You might not want to pull it forward. It was that day. It was that day. And this day is this day. And, you know, you can hear that in the, in that saying that they say um, today is the first day of the rest of your life, except for with the spirit guides, they're like, today is the first day of the rest of your life, which is going to end when you go to bed tonight. And then tomorrow will repeat. So today you are having today. And today is the day that you manifest what you want. So I'm like, okay, interesting. But there is a freedom in that. There's a freedom in that manifestation. So, okay. So we manifest and then they want, then, then I'm like, all right, so I want to manifest. And they're like, yeah. So I say, okay, I want to manifest. And they say, great. You want to manifest. You are manifesting. You got born. And I'm like, yeah, but I want to have some say in my journey. I want to have some say I want to have some influence over the world and I want to have some say in my journey about what I receive, what kind of environment I'm in, um, what, what kind of struggles I'm going to have, what kind of gifts I'm going to be given. I want to interact with this experience in a more dramatic way. So they're like, but that's good. Sure. You can do that. That's a wonderful thing to do. And we're all on Project Earth right now trying to manifest something together. And I do feel in my bones that that manifestation is allowing ourselves to be more empathetic, to more to be more connect, to be more aware of our, our interconnections as beings, and to bring about a place where we can all be free, right? I mean, that's my, that's my intention. So now I want to interact with that 
I want to have some power in that situation. And where does the Western mind go? Here's a cul-de-sac that the Western mind goes to. We go to, well, I want stuff. I'm going to manifest and that's going to be stuff. So we immediately start doing things like making dream boards or uh, visualizing the future or um, asking for the things that we believe will make our life usually easier. Usually we want our lives to be easier. Uh, fair enough. Fair enough. Say so the spirit guides, go ahead and do that. What is the problem with that? Well, the problem with that is when we decide what we need, we'll do things like say, uh, if I could just only have some more money, nobody's telling you not to manifest more money, go ahead and manifest it. But if I could only have more money, or if I could only have a really good car, or if I could have, we go into objects. I want objects. I want these things. So, okay. So then you get those things. And then anybody who's ever done this, either it comes with a cost, like you'll manifest, like my friend who's was doing, decided to do a manifestation spell for money. And then I got two stories about that. One, she did a manifestation story for money. And she meant money, money, money. I want money, money, money. And um, yeah, two days later, great. They had uh, $3,000 more than they had before because somebody rear-ended their car and they had to get $3,000 from the insurance agency, which then covered the cost of the repair of the car. So they got the money. <laughs> it worked. And they got a neck injury. So, so they manifested it. Was that what you wanted? No, that wasn't what I wanted. So then we have to say, well, what did you want? Sometimes we'll go down a line of trying to get that perfect, like highly prescripted manifestation. Okay. Now another, another person I know did a spell for money. I want money. And so they, they were like, went into texture and sound and smell. They were like, I feel the money. It's running through my hands. I'm touching it. I feel it every day. I'm thinking about it. It's piling up around me. They really went in for it, you know, and this is a good way to manifest to get that three-dimensional experience of manifestation. And man, that happened. They got the money. They were surrounded by the money. They felt it. They were touching it every day. They were constantly counting it because they got a job as a bank teller. <laughs> okay so now you might say oh well they didn't get a good enough spell going they should have said i want to own the money i want the money in my bank account i want this i want that i guess um but the question you have to ask yourself uh when you wake up anew each day is not what do i want but what do i want to feel like because after all the money was about getting a feeling and if you've ever had any rich friends, you know that money doesn't give you any particular feeling other than uh, a lot of complications. And uh, we all know, I don't know if you know, but there's studies being that are done. And basically in um, the country of the US of A, if you make $70,000 a year, that will provide you with a level of security and happiness that gets you through. And, and you increase that money by 10,000, 20,000, 100,000, your level of increased happiness goes down in relationship to how much more money you have. So you might be 10% happier with $80,000, but only 12% happy with 90 and then so, and so on. So you got a million, you're going to be no less happy than you are at 75,000, say. 
So money doesn't actually make you happy, but not being poor makes you unhappy. We all know that who those of us have who have been poor. It does. It's a struggle to be poor. So here we go. What what does the what does the manifesting of the money do, or what does the manifesting of the husband do, or the wife, or the or or the car, or the job, or the this or the that? What does it actually do? What are you actually longing for? when you're manifesting like that? What problem are you trying to solve? And here is the rub, that when we're manifesting, we're often trying to resolve a problem when we could be asking ourselves, what kind of problems do I want to get? Because getting money, getting a spouse, getting a house, getting a car, getting a job, really just gives you a new set of problems a set of problems that you don't have. It might also displace some old problems, for sure, but then it gives you a new set of problems. So when you're manifesting, you might be saying to yourself, I don't like this set of problems I have. I wanna solve them. Then you have to ask yourself the second question, okay, well, what set of problems do I want? Because after all, being manifest is giving yourself a whole set of problems to work through. Now, what problems do you want? And it's just wonderful to think about what kind of problems would bring me calm? What kind of problems would bring me joy? What kind of problems would bring me the right kind of struggle, the right kind of difficulty? Uh, what kind of problems would bring me more in line with my true nature? And what kind of problems would allow me to find flow and Dr. Chick Sent Me High wrote a book on flow. And flow is essentially when you're involved in a task that is difficult enough that you're reaching to do it, but not so difficult that you feel defeated or not so easy that you don't feel interested. And this is how our brain gets into flow. Magically, getting into flow is finding the right set of problems that interest you to solve and not irritating, boring problems that recur over and over again and aren't interesting to solve. So when my spirit guides talk to me about manifestation, they like to talk to me about waking up in the morning and finding the right energetic vibration, the right emotional tenor, the right breath work, the right questions that my mind can ask, the right boundaries that actually invoke into my life that day. Flow, which is me in alignment with my nature and who I'm here to be. And that invoke an energy pattern that then I emanate outward to invoke out of the chaos of the world, the right patterning for me to be living in. Now, here's another cul-de-sac we go down. One of them is we think that manifestation works like this. Everything happens for a reason. Have you ever, ever heard that? Everything happens for a reason. Like when people say it, it feels so true. Like everything happens for a reason. 
But on the other hand, is it though? <laughs> Does it all? Because isn't the whole point of being manifest in a land of chaos? Because we're here we are in the land of chaos and serendipity. Chaos and meaning. We're living in both places. We're living in a place where we're learning to become differentiated as beings. I am here literally so I don't have to be so close to people. So I can become more individuated. So I can become more differentiated from like my soul even. And from, you know, the scraping swamp of celestial realmness where we're all like so connected that we don't even notice if we're different. I'm here to develop a personality, to make mistakes, to um, experience pain, to experience joy. I'm here for that. So if I was coming to a place that was so ordered that everything happened, everything happened for a reason, or the universe gave me whatever, gave me this whatever so that I could have a whatever, then I would be very severely limited in my ability to differentiate. And I want to differentiate y'all. I want to be different from you all. I want to be pomegranate Doyle. I don't want to be you. I want to be me. I want to be me with all my flaws and all my beautiful things and all of my elegance and all of my glory and all of my ugliness and all of my different parts. I want to own my shadow. I want to be flawed and um, beautiful at the same time and experience those things. Uh, I want to have, I want to have experienced the harms. I want to have experienced the joys. I want this experience. And in order to have it, I got to have free will. And in order to have free will, I got to land in a world of chaos. And I have landed, and so have you, in a world of chaos. And that means lots of things happen for no reason at all. <laughs> For no reason at all. In fact, you can think of chaos, and, and the Greeks did, uh, as a god. The chaos is a god. And um, that provides us with a palette of uh, creativity. Without that chaos, how can I be creative? How can I create something new without that room of chaos? But at the same time, because I'm here and I'm conscious and I'm sentient, as are the other beings of the earth, I can traverse it mindfully and through that gather up the power of flow intention magic creativity draw it to me and then I am suddenly a force of for influence I'm also a force to be influenced so when you wake up in the morning how how do you choose to be influenced and how do you choose to be influencing in and we can choose that by creating an environment that emanates from us and everything you are emanates from you and everything that you hide from yourself emanates from you and everything that you dream emanates from you but also you are being changed in the moment by the influence of all that, uh, the other things that are around you. So, um, you know, the people, the pets, the plants, but also the walls and the things that have happened in the room that you're in now before you got in that room, if it hasn't been cleared of them, those things are still happening and influencing you. So, so this is, uh, 
this is where they want us to go. They want us to go into aware, an awareness. At least this is where my spirit guides want me to go. And they're telling me to tell you. And they're trying to get me to get it right. So they're wanting us to be aware that we choose our world every day anew. And that means that we can freshly choose it. And we choose the energy field that we live in regardless of what else is going on. And at the same time, we're also manifesting the environment we're in. And there's chaos. So that things will happen and we have to choose whether we receive them or not. Or if we don't have a choice, how we will integrate them. If you don't have a choice, you have to decide how to integrate it. And some of the, a lot of the things that you have in your life right now, you have manifested and some of them you have not. Thank God. Thank God. And that's okay. And do you need to know the difference? I don't know. But if you want to manifest, and we all want to manifest, what we can do, by the way, this is a way to defeat the everything happens for a reason um, is to understand chaos is in the world. And because when, what a lot of, uh, our Western minds will go to in the middle of this, everything happens for a reason thing is we'll go to, therefore you are suffering. And, uh, that is because you deserve the suffering. We'll go into deservedness or I'll say, oh, I'm suffering or I have, oh, I have poverty because I'm not manifesting properly and I'm to blame or I have illness because I, uh, haven't manifested wellness enough in my life and I'm to blame. So there's that one or someone else is to blame for their own suffering. Um, as far as I can tell that that is complete, both, both of those are complete bullshit. And they're also a cul-de-sac or a hole that we go into with the Western mind when it comes to manifestation. We really want to, I really encourage my own mind to not go there because what I, my job is, is to develop empathy for people and myself to be kind to myself and not judge myself and go, Oh, I'm so horrible that I'm sick. You know, I'm a person with a lot of illness. I'm like, no, this is just one of my experiences. Like, I'm, I don't know, was it planned before a game? I don't know. All I know is I have illness and I learn from them. I can use every experience that I go through and learn from it, which is very different from it happened for a reason. I don't know if it happened for a reason, but I can use it. I can use it and I will. I'll use everything that happens to me. Um, but also it stops me from thinking that I'm superior or that I can judge others for their experiences. It's like everybody is in their own experience and they're doing what they need to with it. It's not my business what you're going through or what you're doing with it. I just think everybody's doing their best. And I mean, when I say everybody, I mean every single human being is doing their best. And I thank you for doing your best. Very much. So here we go. To conclude, perhaps I muddled through this time. I'm feeling pretty okay. Believe me, this is the clearest one of these I've recorded. To conclude, to just go over what they're trying to tell me. They're like, Pom, listen to us. And I'm going to let them speak a little bit through me right now. It's as you awake in the morning, you awake anew each day. The dream of anything that happened in your past life is gone. You can invoke it if you want it. If that's a material you need for today, you will invoke your past. Because it's a story that happened. It's a dream that you dreamt. 
you can invoke it into the manifestation of today or you can leave it alone. It's up to you. That's free will. When you wake up in the morning, you are cultivating an environment that you want to live in. The point of manifestation, the point of power here is to understand you are invoking an environment around you that emanates from you. And if that environment has problems that you don't seek, that you find to not be the environment you prefer or the problems you prefer to solve, then you can set your sights on invoking a different set of problems, which you will find more calming or more joyful or more challenging, whatever you want. You can set your sights on those and they will come. And also you're invoking unknown to you things from your shadow self that also will come to you and that will bring you a set of problems which you may not like and it's up to you to do what you want with that and be aware that you're living in a world of chaos and that's going to come to you too and it's not really super important for you to differentiate between the set of problems you like, the set of problems that come from your shadow self, and the set of problems that just happen. That's not real important. You can try if you want to. But know that you have in you a way to cast an energy field around you that invokes what you want to work on. And that that's up to you. And if you focus on objects to manifest, you'll get the object but it won't give you the feeling you want. What you want to do is focus on the feeling. What is it you want to feel when you invoke the new world? What is it you want to feel as you come out of the reboot of the coronavirus? How do you want the humans to treat each other? How do you want the humans to treat the rest of the beings? How do you want to be treated, darling? And how do you want to treat others? And just remember, whatever other narratives are going on, and they're very distracting, all these other narratives, it's your narrative between you, your higher power, and your spirit guides that's the important one. Because this is you living your story. And that's what manifestation is. Manifestation is you living your story with both aspects of yourself and with chaos. And chaos is divine. Okay, I think I did it. I think this is the one I'll keep. Your questions next. Thanks for listening. Here's a great way to support me in my efforts. You can go to patreon.com forward slash pomegranate. That's all one word. If you want to get behind all the work I'm doing be really helpful you can ask pomegranate you can ask pomegranate she's a priestess hi uh, my name is leah and my question relates to neighbors and weird energy and what are some of the things that i could do to set up some protection between my home and um, some neighbors that we have that 
I don't know. It's just weird energy. I don't like it. And with quarantine, it feels even energetically, like, stronger because we're always home, you know. And I don't know. I just want something to provide some protection against weird neighbor energy. <laughs> it sort of feels sometimes like the eye of, of uh, Sauron looking at us, you know, or something. And I just would like some help with that. I've listened to some of your podcasts in the past, and I remember hearing you talk about, like, also just claiming the energy that you want around your home and in your life and doing that with things like cutting apples and fours and putting it in the ground and different things. And so I'm interested in that as well, Um, just like a blessing for our land. I used to do that. I used to work with moon blood actually a lot. I know that that can be good for protection and things, but I am (laughs) pregnant and not bleeding. So that's not really an option. And I don't feel like borrowing anyone's (laughs) because that would be weird. Anyway, thank you so much. Enjoy your podcast. Uh, Take care. Bye. Hi, Leah. Great question. And congratulations on being a a vessel to bring a spirit through into the manifest world, or in other words, I'm glad you're pregnant. Okay. So what we have to think about here is this becomes a question of influence. You are feeling an influence uh, that you're not comfortable with. And we don't have to worry about what that means. We don't have to worry about are those neighbors bad people or are those neighbors creepy or are those neighbors? We don't have to come up with a narrative about the other person. And in fact, it's kind of important that we don't because one of the things that our culture needs to unlearn is the othering of people. And so you can be uncomfortable with that influence and not other the people. We can accept them and their world and the way that they are being and decide for ourselves that that's not an influence we want to have strongly in our life. Now, you you live next to them, so that means there's some level at which you are receiving that influence and you can use that. Was that a, was that an accident? Was it chaos that created that? Was that pre-planned? Was it out of your shadow self? I mean, eh, who knows? But you got it, so now let's deal with it. And I do think that when we encounter things repeatedly, that's when we have to go, okay, this is for me. (laughs) This repeated issue is for me. So if you're moving and you get the same kind of issue with a neighbor, then you might want to look at, okay, what can I learn? What do I need to do about me around this Um, over and over again? So just be aware of that. But our neighbors are going to influence us to a certain extent. And we can also mitigate that. And that's what you're asking about. How do I mitigate the influence, the direct influence I feel for my neighbors? And that's that's fairly easy to do. And I think you caught on to it at the end when you were talking about making a blessing for your land. If we begin with what we're grateful for when we're making these edges, these boundaries of what can come into our sphere and what can come out of our sphere. 
if we start with gratitude, that's a really good place to start. And you, and a blessing for the land is saying, I am, bl- I am blessed to be um, in a body and living on land. Land, the land is feeding me and I am feeding the land. So we just start with that gratitude. And yeah, I have, I'm sure I do have a spell somewhere in the podcast where I talk about doing the apple casting spell for your house, which you could go back and find. Or the other thing is, guys, that I have put up a free video. I got, I had a little fun making video classes for y'all at the podcast site, the, the, the page. You're probably on it already, but it's askpomegranate.com. And on that, I have a series of, I have a lot of free classes. One of the free classes is a little video about how to cast a circle in which I talk about how you can make a circle around your house that supports you and doesn't drain you because casting a circle over time will begin to drain you if you don't do it right. So there's, there's that class. There's also a class on how to clear your space uh, using brooms or lavender, or rosemary, things like that. So you can go there and check that out. Um, they're free. Those classes are free. Also, by the way, I occasionally am doing, currently doing seminars that are on psychic skills, which are Zoom classes in which you get to talk to me and I'm there and ask me questions and you can see me and I will teach you about what I know about psychic skills, which is a lot. Okay, back to your question, um, how I can answer you now is uh, go do those things, take those classes. They're short, 10 minutes of tops. But you're saying to yourself, I really am making a choice about what kind of influence I have. And this is the, this is one of those pivot points of power that we have as a manifest beings, as humans and bodies. We can say, what, I want these influences and not those influences. And you can do that about anything. You can do that about your neighbors. You can do that about your mother. You can do that about... Even your spouse and stay, you can do that with your spouse and stay married to them too, by the way. And your children, you can do that about everything. And in fact, it is important in the process of manifestation that we take that power to decide how we want to be influenced. Because after all, in a way, our personalities and our self-expression here in the dense plane of the earth are made up of we're formulated by the things that influence us, the things that come in, the things that inspire us, the things that challenge us, the things that we find difficult, the things that we find lovely. I just think, wouldn't it be wonderful if all the humans, for the most part, as best as they could, in each moment, move towards that feeling of well-being that we can get And let that be the primary inspiration and to move towards our attention, move our attention towards that feeling of well-being. Your neighbors are not giving you a feeling of well-being. That is okay. You don't want it. Don't have it. So, I mean, I'll just tell you quickly, casting a circle is a really good way. And it's just like using the power that comes into your body through breath and through um, food, and through water, and through earth when you eat, and through spirit, uh, these five elements come into your body, and you can then set an intention for them, and then you can channel them into 
anything you want, especially a circle around your house. And you can have the energy particularly thick next to your neighbors where you're just like, no, thank you. And, and we always want to do that politely. We don't want to be mad at people or, or vicious to people. We just want to use our manners. So you are saying no, thank you to that. But as you do so, you need to notice what you are saying. Thank you to, because no, thank you is a, is a release and a repel and something needs to fill that vacuum. So what do you want to say yes to? And in the video, you'll learn the real important part about casting a circle around your house. And it, and I do this once a year or once every two years, usually once a year. Uh, you have to make sure that that circle is grounded to the earth and connected to the earth so that it receives its life, vital life force from the earth and not from you because when it receives it from you you get tired and worn out we don't want that so uh yes that is what i would do and i would really encourage you to follow that thread you can do it with gratitude and kindness and also um, with manners but you get to say no you get to say to no to anything you don't want in fact it is your duty to say no and if you are enculturated into a female body or a female female um, gender if you're enculturated into a female gender then you will have a hard time saying no to things you don't want partly because of culture partly because of estrogen um, but i empower you <laughs> <laughs> I can't empower you, but I can encourage you to empower yourself to say no. And we walk away from things we don't want and we turn away and set our intentions, attention, attention and intention towards what we do want, what we want to invoke. I hope you have a lovely birth. Thanks, Leah. You can ask pomegranate, you can ask pomegranate. Hi, pomegranate. I'm a woman. I live in Michigan. I am a witch and I am gay. I have a partner. We're getting more serious and talking more seriously about having children. And of course, when it comes to a queer relationship between two women, uh, we don't have any sperm between the two of us. So we've been talking about different ways to start a family um, and have, uh, yeah, just build a family. Um, I feel very strongly that I need to know the person, at least in some regards, like to have a sense of who they are. My partner doesn't doesn't care as much. She could use a sperm bank and would be totally okay with that. Um, but she's willing to be sort of more on my end of um, knowing the person in some regards, even though they won't be raising any children with us. Yeah, I, I feel like that, I guess, because I really just need to know who they are and get a sense of their being. And I really want to know your perspective on this in a magical sense, like nature versus nurture in in a magical way. Um should I, you know, should I, because this is coming up for me, clearly it's something I want to take into consideration, but I'm just wondering how you see our DNA 
versus the way we're raised. If there's anything that you would be looking for in particular for finding sperm for your child, to create a child with your partner. Yeah, it it really weighs pretty heavily on me. It's one of the saddest things about being gay is that you can't make a baby with the person who you want to make a baby with. So, yeah, if you could kind of tackle that one, that would be super appreciated. And I know you're very LGBTQ friendly, and I really love that and appreciate that. Also, if you have any recommendations for resources, I have been a part of different women's communities, in like lesbian women's communities, but they're very uh, sort of anti-child, the ones that I've been a part of or at least in some some regards been a part of. Uh, Most of these women uh, who I know who are also witches and lesbians don't ever have children. So if you have any interesting resources for lesbian witches with kids, that would be super great. Thank you so much. Bye. Thank you. That's a good question. I've had lots of experience with people who were gay and wanted to have children. And um, I have some experience with children who were came out of sperm banks, people who found people they knew. Uh, so I've been through several versions of this. And and people who tried and tried and tried and got to lots of sperm bank sperm <laughs> and tried and tried and tried and never got pregnant, like the whole thing. I've seen people go through that whole experience ended up adopting a beautiful child, a foster child that became their child. So I've seen the whole thing. And what I know is that the journey of um, becoming a parent is very individual, that it really will be yours. You really will be the one owning that journey. And so it's whatever is right for you. And what I do also know that the thing that's common is that no matter what journey you go through, whatever you go through to get a child, if you, that the important thing is that you become a parent. It doesn't really matter how you get that way. It doesn't really matter, you know, if you know the, it do, it'll, it'll matter to you, but it's not that important. We have to keep our eyes on the prize because it's not so much about getting it just right. It's sort of... <laughs> This is, I hope this analogy isn't too stupid, but let me try. It's sort of like when I was uh, having my hand fasting and I just remember getting really caught up in every little thing because hand fasting is a very big magical gate to go through, at least was for me. And so what happens is all of that energy, that push for that magical gate keeps getting caught up on little minutiae not saying choosing your sperm donor is minutia, but it can be, it can be distracting. And what you have to remember is actually it's the, it's the going through the gate. It's opening the door to that relationship of, I am going to be your parent, little one. And really you just want to receive the little one. Really? In the end, that's all that matters and that you are going to have a baby and people we we in this culture like to say people are having a baby but 
you know, the baby part is real short. It's like a matter of six months and then you don't have a baby anymore. You have, you have somebody else and they start calling, moving around on their own and becoming a human. What you're having is the experience of raising a child. And that's what's important. And that's what your heart is longing for. I can hear it in your voice. Your heart is longing for. Your partner's heart is longing for. And that's what I want you to focus on. I want you to focus on magically to that little spirit that, and hopefully, you know, you were already pregnant and things are happening by the time you listen to this. So this is, might be for other people, but I want you to pay attention to that spirit that's calling you and is trying to make the great crossing because to go from spirit into a human body is no small task. Finding the right parents, that's easier than actually manifesting. I mean, the, the Dalai Lama says it's equal to a turtle f- swimming in the vast ocean, finding it, that it, as it rises to the, to the surface of the, of the ocean, its head goes through a life ring that happens to be floating there. It's equivalent to that. That's not a good, sorry, I didn't quite get it as eloquently as the Dalai Lama says. In other words, manifestation is not easy. So I just want you to focus on the spirit. And when I see the spirit of a baby around someone, they just look like little little balls of light. Like they look like little round balls of light. And they'll have a, each child will have a different color and they'll just float around the person. So that baby is floating around you and your partner right now. And they're wanting to come in or they're, they're going, they're already here or but it sounds like you want to get pregnant. So they're floating around you. And it's just a question of inviting them into the uterus. And when you invite them into the uterus, you can, you, you can invite the right other half of the DNA. You can just invite that. So you could do, hopefully you'll build an altar to the baby, inviting the baby in. And that includes inviting the other half of the DNA. And then, calling it in and it'll feel right in your body you'll get a yes no maybe it'll feel right in your body and maybe it'll be someone you know or maybe you'll go to a bank like do whatever it takes uh in a non-desperate way in a in a sweet in the flow way and don't worry so much about this because the child will have their own experience of their non-primary parent, shall we say. So some things that happen uh, when some people are born and they don't know the, the sperm donor, they don't know them at all, and it never bothers them. I don't know. I don't know who those people are. <laughs> Psychic children will tend to want to know and they'll put their feelers out because they can feel the energy of that person. Eventually, they'll probably look them up. Everybody finds can find their sperm donor nowadays. And that will be a story that unfolds itself for that child. It's okay. It's okay for them to have that experience, to, to wait until they're, you know, 12, 13, 20 to discover who that donor is and then see what they need out of that. But also, I think it's wonderful when they can just have a regular kind of like a letter once a year, you know, a phone call or they see a picture and they know who it is. So it's less of a mystery. That can be good, too. But if you call in the child and you call in the parts of the child, that's calling in the sperm. 
you can see this as a magical a magical act of manifestation. You have the power, you have the sacred vessel, you have the beautiful sacred vessel that will hold that being. And because time isn't really real, if you're the one who's getting pregnant or whoever's getting pregnant, you can already feel them in your womb. And I just want you, however you get that person in your life, I just want you to be a parent and to have that set of problems. The, that's a lot of problems, but it, and it's very draining and it's very fun, but it's also delicious and exciting. Go for it. I think it's going to be lovely. I just wish you the best of luck with all of this and congratulations. You can ask pomegranate five two zero two 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 ninety nine twenty two. Sophia sent her question via messenger. She asks, "When you and I were first learning ritual magic together, we were trained that it was important to acknowledge the shadow, and that the work of ritual was transformation." We would often start with the thing that needed healing and work through to the state of wholeness. It was the same in the therapeutic container. Begin with the trauma and work toward the integration. However, modern neuroscience teaches that where attention goes, energy flows, and that what you focus on gains power. I'm concerned that some of the cognitive behavioral stuff is another bypass. I find that when I focus on gratitude or strengthen what is working, a lot of difficulties disappear. How has this evolved for you, if it has? Excellent question, Sophia. And hi, Sophia. Sophia and I started out together and um, trained at the same with the same teachers. So it's exciting. It's fun to do this podcast because sometimes you hear from people you've known for many, many years. We were young women. We were in our early 20s and we got priestess training. So it's kind of a theological discussion now we're having. Yeah, I agree with you, Sophia. I think uh, my thoughts have changed over the years as well about where to start with things. And I have recently, in the last couple of years, really gone away from delving into the trauma of things. Because although I think it can be valuable, what I've learned is when it is true, I agree with you, when you focus your attention on something, it makes that thing stronger and bigger. Now, does that mean that we don't look into our shadows? No, it doesn't mean that. Uh, does that mean we don't deal with trauma? Yeah, we got to deal with trauma, right? I mean, if we want to be fully integrated beings, we got to deal with trauma. So how do you do that magically? And how do you do that? How do you juggle those balls? Like, it's really hard to juggle trauma and uh, cognitive therapy and neurolinguistic uh, training and, you know, like how, <laughs> the kind of words we use bring the things about, you know. So it's all it's all a jumble. But I think for me, the way that I'm sorting that out is understand in context of manifestation, 
the question becomes what you what you focus on you bring into your life but what you ignore or you deny also bring into your life not to mention the fact that there's stuff coming for you that you're not going to like that is going to be need to be integrated and worked through and I'll let you all know all of you who are um younger than 45 and 50 um, and have uh, that you have what's coming for you is andropause and menopause and or some ver- I don't know what the third gendered version of that is people with multiple um, hormonal things that go on but unless you supplement with hormones you've got you've got a thing coming and I can talk to you about menopause 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 brings all of that trauma back up and menopause brings all of that shadow work back up and you um, are going to be given the opportunity to work on that so I guess that's where I want to start which is like you we we are always going to have an opportunity to be complex and to we're always going to be given the opportunity by life to delve into our own shadows and our own traumas. And that's just one thing that has a cyclical nature to it. And that cycle is a can be a beautiful cycle when we receive that reminder of that trauma or we receive that reminder of that shadow self that we take that opportunity in the way that we want to, by the way, do it the way you want to, not the way other people tell you to do it, that we take that opportunity to change it from a cycle into a spiral. And so we can, a spiral is moving and changing and growing. And a cycle is a vicious cycle. It's, it's repeat, 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 and you can't ever seem to get beyond it. And that's when we come to those moments of difficulty that we use magic and our own intention to bring a spark. And that takes the cycle into a spiral. So you revisit it, but you revisit it from a different point of view in a spiral. It's always moving upwards and there's always growth patterns. Being stuck in a cycle is, is being tra- kind of feeling of being trapped. So I, I guess theologically, I, it seems like the work of accepting doing those practices of gratitude not taking things personally that comes out of the four agreements always speaking with a always doing your best and always speaking carefully about things those are four good principles that I use to help me work with that and I'm getting better all the time with that because I want to be in gratitude and I want to focus on what I want And I want to call in the problems, the projects that I want. And I want to be able to acknowledge my shadow without thinking that it's more important than the rest of me. Because I think when we get into shadow work, one of the things that happens because of the perfectionist culture, what perfectionism of white supremacy that we're all bathed in, or a perfectionism of oppressive culture that we get into a thing of like going our shadow my flaws I'm so bad and it's very puritanical and it's very condemning and it's doom 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 and then that gets you into the cycle instead of the spiral and you know yeah you're flawed guess what it's okay you you might have messed up you you did mess up And you might have thought you were doing the right thing, 
you might have been making a mistake. You can just own it and look at it and move on. It's for you, right? So, but the whole thing is moving on because what we want to do is we want to get ourselves into a place where we're loving and supporting ourselves, where we're really holding ourselves in that same unconditional love that the higher power, the goddess in my world, the earth in in some uh, is another way of thinking about it, but whatever higher power is shining their love on you. That's the way we want to hold ourselves. And you think about a small child and their flaws. We love them for their flaws. We love them for their delights. And we mostly just see how wonderful they are. And that's the way we can heal ourselves is by holding ourselves in that how how wonderful we are. And also notice that you need to hold others in that same state that everybody who is doing their best and they might be hurt and then acting that out and they might be causing themselves to act in harmful ways and we just got to love them through it. We got to love ourselves through it. We got to love them through it. And that might be from afar, very far away. I love you from very far away or right, you know, right in their face because they're in your life. But in any case, always orienting back to that unconditional love, always orienting back to the mystery of the chaos of the world, always orienting back to what is inspiring you, because that's the thread we can follow is our own inspirations and our own joy and our own deep love for ourselves and therefore then our deep love for, for others. And that I think when it comes to trauma, the thing that I've learned about that is that it's mechanical. And so focusing on what happened and why and how how to solve that is not as useful as just working with the mechanics of the vagus nerve. And the vagus nerve is the freeze, flight, or fright those things and we all a lot of us are chronically stimulated there so again I have a free class on the vagus nerve and uh, two or three or four classes on the vagus nerve for the calming learning to calm the vagus nerve because it turns out from my experience is that uh, trauma is mechanical it's not emotional Uh, it will trap emotions but the actual trauma is in the physical body the VA is currently been doing a lot of studies on this. The way that they're treating the vagus nerve now for PTSD is they're injecting anesthetics into the vagus nerve. They f- inject it right in and that freezes the vagus nerve for two weeks. And it turns that that's enough to reboot the vagus nerve and to cure people of PTSD. I learned a different way, which is through a breathing technique, which you can look up on my webpage, askpomegranate.com in the classes section click on the picture below and it'll take you through that training that I received. And that's mechanical. That trauma is mechanical. So focusing on the trauma and focusing on what happened is kind of getting to be old school way of handling it. It can handle it, but it's not as effective as just learning to deactivate an overstimulated um, sympathetic vagus nerve, which is the nerve that runs all the way through your body. But is this answering your question, Sophia? I don't know. But my, but, but yes, all uh, neuro linguistics asks us to think in terms of words that are 
programming our brains towards a positive outlook, towards optimism. There's a book called Learned Optimism that you can take on million and one tests from and that book will help you f- discern the ways that you your brain is pessimistic. That's another way of reprogramming our, ourselves. Uh, How to Want What You Have is another book that helps with that. But The Four Agreements is another book that helps with that. But we can train our brains to, we train our brains, which is the air body, to think in a mindful way. We can train our vagus nerve, which is the fire body, to calm, to stay in calm. We can train our emotions to process themselves and head themselves back to the seventh emotion, which is neutrality or calm, and that's the water body. And we can train our physical bodies to be present and to be, to. we can train our physical bodies to be present on the earth and to enjoy the central nature of life. And if we do those things and we can train our spirit to draw to us what we want and to say no thank you to what we don't want because we're here to do something fun. You're here to do something fun, people. I'm here to do something fun. This is part of it for me. And lots of people are going to try to stop you. But don't let them. You get to do the fun thing. And you get to hone all these different elemental bodies to align so that you do the thing that brings you the joy. Joseph Campbell calls it following your bliss. It's about getting to that seat of the soul, that sovereign self, and following who you are with your voice, your mind, your spirit, your energy, and your physical body as it is right now, exactly as it is. It's beautiful and amazing, and it's present on the earth. So orienting towards that. And at the same time, cultivating that compassion for others and doing what your part is for the living earth. You know what your part is. You get to go do it. So I agree with you, Sophia. Thanks for that question. Here's a great way to support me in my efforts. You can go to patreon.com forward slash pomegranate. That's all one word. If you want to get behind all the work I'm doing be really helpful. Five two zero two 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 ninety nine twenty two ninety nine twenty two. You can ask pomegranate. You can ask pomegranate. She's a Well, that's the show, but I do think I will tell you that that story that comes out of 8A because it is a kind of a manifesting story. It's about how not to manifest what you don't want. And the story goes, I was walking down the street. I fell in a hole. It took me a long time. I suffered. I, I was in a great deal of pain. I cried and cried and cried until finally I figured out a way out. It took me a long time. I was walking down the street. I fell down that same hole. Again, I felt very bad, but I remembered that I could get out of it. So eventually I got out of it again. I was walking down the street. I fell down a hole. I remembered I could get out of that hole. I got out of the hole. 
I was walking down the street. I walked across the street and avoided the hole. I walked down a different street. Thanks for listening. You can ask pomegranate. You can ask pomegranate. She